week is daylight savings time. If you show up an hour early for church, Joyce and I have the right to put you to work for an hour before the service starts. We've done it before, haven't we? Appreciate your help. If you, if you do show up early. Um, we, uh, we will take a special offering for... Oh, wait. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, just so you know, Ann Nelson had surgery last Thursday in Fargo. She's still in the hospital, and we will update you as we get more information. Lord, we lift her up to you, and thank you for your healing to our precious sister, Lord. And just be with her and the surgeons, everyone involved. We thank you for good results. Amen. We will take a special offering for our guest, Emmanuel Sargent, today. Uh, put your gift for him in the envelopes next to the black boxes there, and put Emmanuel in the memo, and then we will... If you are using a check, please make the checks out to TCC, and we will write one check from the church to bless him. Stay for lunch today. We're serving spinach-wrapped, oven-roasted turkey pinwheels. Next week, we're having a fish fry. We need help in the kitchen next Sunday. If you're able to help, please talk to myself or Zach or Danny Fisher. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, before we move on to our speaker today, just a quick uh, thing. We don't pass, I think, I think we already talked, we're passing, we're, we're giving our two uh, Emmanuel today, right? But our boxes are in the back, right? Uh, we just wanted to say a, a prayer over that, but I had a, just a, a quick thought I had to share. Uh, this morning as we were singing, uh, we sang that song, right? And when I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I just want to thank you guys for singing that this morning. Uh, I wasn't sure whether I was going to share or not, but I had the, just the, the story on my mind of, of Joshua this morning. I was speaking about it with my, my students uh, last Friday. Uh, we were just talking over the importance of, of why that story is so significant. Um, one of the amazing things about that story is, uh, if you remember it, they go around the walls six days, right? And they're, they're blowing the trumpets. Uh, but on the seventh day, it says that they blow the trumpets and they shout. They lift up their voices in praise, right? The Lord on high. Uh, and they do that for seven times around the city before the walls come crumbling down. Uh, and the, the thing I find fun about that story is if you know your, uh, your Hebrew culture, the seventh day is the most significant day in Hebrew culture, right? The seventh day is the day that you are supposed to rest, the seventh day is the day that you set aside for the works of the Lord, right? Uh, and today, uh, in our modern culture, I think we think of that day of rest. We, we come here, right? We gather together. What we're doing here, uh, church, is our seventh day rest, right? And I just had this thought, this idea, uh, this question, I guess. Uh, is what we do here important, <laughs> Is what we do here significant when we gather together? Or is it just something traditional? Is it just something we're supposed to do as Christians, right? Uh, I believe what we're doing when we gather here is what Joshua is doing, or at least it can be, right? Uh, the seventh day rest can be just singing. It can be just gathering. Uh, but it can be more powerful than that, can't it? We see that in that story. Uh, that seventh day rest in that, on that day <laughs> looked a little different, right? They weren't doing anything more than just walking and singing and, and praising and shouting, but God was doing amazing things because they were obedient to gather together and to do what he said to do. So uh, I want to just pray into that for just a moment to uh, celebrate what we do here as we gather together. We just thank you, Jesus, that what we do here is significant, 
that it is powerful, that you are the God who brings walls down, not because uh, we used our might and our vigor to do it, but because we were obedient to open our mouths and say, you are the God of the universe. You are greater than all things. You are more powerful than any force in this world. And we know that you are doing great things today, right now, because we are together. So we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate those words. So I just want to thank the youth group again for leading us in worship this morning. Just so thankful for um, the young and the older in our church, all the ages working together. And the body of Christ is something else. I met Emmanuel and his brother Christian, Sergeant, just a few minutes ago. I did talk to Emmanuel on the phone, and I sensed something already there, that connection. And see, that's what we have in the body of Christ. It's a connection that is eternal. And we just met, but we're going to know each other forever now. And uh, Emmanuel, I'm not sure, Christian, if you were in Bemidji too for a while, you weren't there. But Emmanuel was in Bemidji for some time, I'm not sure how many years ago, but now in Thomasville, Georgia, ministering there. And what I'm getting is to have you come up here, and I'm going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And the word I got was, loose him and let him go. (laughs) And so that's all we'll do. So, Father, we thank you for Emmanuel and for the anointing that is on his life and for the word that you've given to him to speak to us on this day of March 3, 2024. And we pray that you would anoint his tongue, but also our ears to hear what your spirit would say to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So good to have you here, brother and Christian. Why don't you stand up so they can just see you a minute. This is his brother, Christian. Hallelujah. And you can use that mic there. Now that the awkward silence is out of the way, good morning. Why don't you look to your neighbor and tell them you're happy they are here today. They could be sleeping from binging Netflix, but they're here. You made it. Tell them you're alive. How many of you happy to be here today? We got three people. Okay. How many of you happy to be here today? I know I am. And before I get started, I want to take a moment and just honor Um, those here. Thank you, Pastor. Can we give a hand to Pastor here for um, just doing a work? How many of you know it's not easy to do a work? Amen. Uh, Youth pastors, do we have youth pastors in the house here or leaders? Where are they at? I knew it was you. I knew the way you were singing. Whoever was back there, can we just honor as well and all the serve teams? Those who made coffee this morning who got here early, those who brought food, those who are helping with all these areas. I just feel like the Lord wants you to know he sees you. Don't be discouraged. 
Sometimes we can do what we're doing and we feel it means nothing, but it means everything. And sometimes just showing up is not even for you, but sometimes for your pastor. Sometimes it's just to let them know that you're with them. And and what you don't realize is you receive all the time the words, but what you don't realize is sometimes showing up is ministering to your leaders, to your people that God has put in your life. Um, So let's give yourself a hand for just being here today. Um, I'm definitely here coming in low. I recognize that it's always fun to have guest speakers, but one thing that I've realized over the years is that I leave and you stay. Amen? I leave and your pastors stay, your leaders stay. And so I'm nothing but more than a, hopefully, a messenger here to bring a word that I believe God has called me to. But let's not forget that at the end of the day, I may come and I may go, and I hope that happens, but you are here. And so the real honor is in you who stay. It's the ones who stay that are making the difference. And so I'm just here today to just honor you all to be here to hopefully deliver something that brings value to your life before you leave. And that is my prayer, most importantly. I just want to honor as well the Bush family for welcoming me here and inviting me. Can we give them a hand? Thank you. Reverend Lenny in the back. Can we give Lenny a hand as well? Yes. Pastor Vinny and Adeline in the back. Can we honor them as well for the work that God is doing here? Isn't it awesome? Y'all got generals in the house. I'm going home. Y'all do not need to be here. (laughs) You guys have generals in the house. Thanks, my brother, for coming here as well and traveling and driving me around. Thank you, Jesus. He has a license, and he's kept me alive. Um, Just really briefly, just want to also honor and celebrate my wife. She's at the beach. I told her, uh, the only place you can be like Jesus and Peter is in Minnesota. It's the only place you can walk on water. And so I sent her a picture of my brother walking on water, and she sent me a picture of her, all the kids running at the beach. She said, my happy place. (laughs) So any women can say amen to that one. Um, But anyways, I just want to honor that. My wife is Bonnie uh, Sargent. We've been married for 13 years. We have uh, six beautiful children, actually seven, and uh, two that are in the heaven with the Lord and have four beautiful daughters one awesome son. And so I'm just thankful without her, I wouldn't be here. And um, amen. So I've done my honor speech. Are you guys ready today? You guys ready today? Well, let's just take a moment and honor the Lord. He's already done a lot, but I'd like to just pray. So let's get a bow and pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We invite you, Lord Jesus. Your Holy Spirit to come. Lord, you're doing something in this church, in the people, in all of our lives. And this is an important hour and an alarm, Lord Jesus, of waking up, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the rest you've called us into. But I sense that this 10-strike church has been in a season of rest. But Lord God, I thank you. You're waking them up to a, a new wine and destiny in this hour. So come, Lord Jesus, we say come. The spirit and the bride say come. We hunger for you. Hide us in the shadows of your wings this morning, and may only your truth come forth. 
May your anointing be here and your Holy Spirit, Lord God, move like flames of fire, burning, Lord God, the hearts yet again. We love you, Lord. Can you just tell him you love him? Can we just love him for a moment? We love you, Lord. If you didn't know this, you're Jesus' bride-to-be. So you say, thank you, Lord, that you want to marry me. Mm, Thank you, Lord, that you're committed to me. You're committed to make this marriage work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Abba, Father. Mm. You may know that song, the spirit and the bride say, come. What a beautiful song. Amen. Well, here we go. We're going to get into today. I can't promise I'm going to be up here long, but I'll do my best to stay in the box. I know I don't have to, um, but I'll do my best. If I fall, please, ushers, be near, okay? Because I've known to walk around. You can't tie a Hispanic down. Uh, So this is going to be awesome. All right, let's just go where the Lord leads us today and see what happens. Amen? Today, I want to make something very clear, and that is that um, today is going to be a message about a few different things. I believe there's three different things that God wants us to discuss and talk about. Two of them will be here, and then one of them will be tonight in Cass Lake at the Reach. A pastor told me it's okay to invite you guys. You're more than welcome to come. Um, we're not begging or trying to convince. We believe who God has there is going to be there, but there's going to be a continuation of this word tonight released at the Reach at five o'clock? Is it five o'clock? 5.30. Um, so we welcome you guys. The, the pastors are back there. I encourage you, maybe you guys can stick around and just tell anybody directions, if you will. Um, but there's three different areas that God wants me to talk about this morning. And one of the areas is, is generations. The Lord has made it very clear when I was praying about this specific church and what God was saying is that there was a continuization. Someone say continuization. There was a continuing that God was calling for people. But listen, this is key. Specifically for this church, there is an assignment that God has to continue. And he's, he brought up to me Elijah. He brought up to me Elijah. But how many of you know, between Elijah and Elijah, there was Jezebel. And the Lord wanted me to focus in today on the Elijah and the Jezebel, because it's so important for you to understand that there is always spiritual warfare in the midst of batons being passed. There is always a spiritual warfare that comes to stop and intercept the passing of generations and what God is doing. And I believe, Ten Strike, that you are at a pivotal moment right now where God is getting ready to raise up a generation here. But let me tell you, whenever that gets ready to happen, there's also an assignment to destroy the batons passing. And so today, if you're going to take notes today, I encourage you to, that we're going to talk about Elijah, spiritual warfare, and Elijah's. Amen. How many of you were encouraged seeing the youth group up here today? If that wasn't prophetic, I don't know what was. Because the Lord had made it very clear that he was getting ready to do something with the young, and I'm going to share that at the end of the service. But there's something he's doing with your young people here. It's going to be mind-blowing, so just stay with me. How many of you excited? You excited yet? Okay, you're like, thank God for the coffee. I'm here, baby. 
Here we go. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that today. Um, and here's the one thing I, I want to be important in, and your leaders blessed me in this, so they've, they, you guys got to deal with the reaping. They said, let loose. They don't know what they told this loud, Hispanic, awesome, passionate man. I mean, they said, let loose, don't hold back. So I'm not going to do that, okay, guys? <laughs> and if you have anything, don't email me. Email them, okay? <laughs> They're, I'm leaving. Don't, don't put it on me. He's gone. Call me false prophet, whatever. Don't, don't write me. I love you. Um, but listen, I'm going to let it loose because I want you to know something. When I'm going to talk about Jezebel and the spirit of really Satan, a lot of times we see Jezebel, we're like, that's a woman. It ain't a woman. It's not a male, female. It's a demonic spirit, okay? And if you believe in the spirit of God, there's a thing called the spirits of the enemy, and he comes to influence, okay? It's not this spooky, ooh, ooh, right? Okay? This effect helps. That sounds really cool. Um, it's not this spooky thing, but you need to understand, don't be um, ignorant to the fact that there is spiritual warfare. And so when I talk to you about it, I'm going to get real with you about it, but I'm not glorifying Satan. I need you to understand I'm exposing. Because many of us are falling away and dying off in our faith, not because we don't believe in God, but it's because we don't realize how the enemy has crept in because we don't understand spiritual warfare. Okay? So please don't misunderstand that. I'm just, I'm laying some foundation first. I believe today many are going to leave commissioned again. Some of you have been waiting. Some of you have been on the edge of quitting. I believe others are going to be mantled tonight and today. But tonight I really feel it strongly too. And others are going to be called to mentorship. To mentor and to be mentored. And to mentor and to be mentored. So please open your hearts to the scriptures, and we just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us one more time. Lord, speak to us, to your word. Any ideologies, false revelations, anything that's motivated only out of the gift but not love, let it die. But Lord, that which is pure and holy and biblical, may it come to the surface and grip our hearts that we can't run from the truth. In Jesus' name. Look to your neighbor and say, that was for you. All right, let's get into it. The first thing we're going to talk about is a little bit of spiritual warfare. Keep in mind, the purpose of this warfare is to stop the work of God from continuing. Keep this in mind the entire time. I don't care what, how old you are, keep this in mind. Okay? We're going to read from 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 through 3. Elijah had just been in a season of seeing God do many miracles, many mighty things. How many of you here have been at a place where you've seen God do mighty things? Raise your hand, please. You have. Okay, so you can identify with Elijah. He knows what it is to see God move. He knows what it is to see miracles. He knows what it is to see the power of God do things that he could not do. And so here he is, he's in this moment, and guess what happens? He just killed all the prophets of Baal, of Satan, and Jezebel. And listen what happens. It says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Someone say, all that Elijah had done. And how he killed all the prophets with the sword. Powerful. The word of God is also considered the sword. Keep this in mind. 
He shared how he killed all the prophets with the sword. Then guess what the retaliation is this. Then Jezebel sent a messenger. Someone say a messenger to Elijah. Did you know that the enemy has messengers as well? It's important. Saying, may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. And he rose and he ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. The first thing that you want to write down and understand in this season, 10 strike in northern region is this, is that the enemy will come and he will begin to whisper lies and death into your future. And this is what happened. Notice how Jezebel did not do anything. It did not send a messenger until Elijah was killing the message of the enemy. It is not until your life begins to speak a message of life and redemption, when your life begins to move and your life begins to change and break generational curses, when your life begins to shift a region, when your life begins to shake a nation, mothers, when your life begins to shift your three children and you feel like you have no purpose, but your life is touching three children at home, it's not until then that the enemy sends a messenger to come and speak death into what's happening. It wasn't until Elijah was moving mountains and the messengers were being killed that God, uh, that that, um, Jezebel said, I must send a messenger too. You must understand your life is the greatest message. And when your life is being redeemed and God is doing something in your life, God is moving. People realize that God is alive and that the enemy is a liar. And at the minute that Elijah was doing that, that is when Satan came and said, I must send us a messenger as well. And guess what the message was? That you're going to die. You're going to die. You need to understand and as you take grounds in this region, the enemy is going to try to come. If he hasn't already, I believe he already has. Otherwise, I don't think God would be sending me here to tell you it's over. It's over. Listen, the way he kills Christians and gets you to stop continuing the work that God has given each one of you. You want to know how? This is what Satan does. He sends messengers of death to kill your hope kill your hope. And let me tell you why he wants to kill your hope. Because if he gets to your hope, he will get to your faith. Faith is the substance of things. Let me say it again. Faith is the substance of things. So the enemy comes and he comes to attack your hope. Because if he can attack your hope, he can attack your faith. And the Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith. And don't think please as in I'm doing everything to serve him. No, the desire to please him. You see, my sons and daughters can serve me and maybe some of you teenagers and children can identify how many of you woke up just super excited to do your chores and to do your homework and to go to bed at nine o'clock. Didn't happen. And you can do it 
But there's something different when a child has a desire to please out of love. I want to do this. And so don't look at it as faith is, it's impossible to please God without faith, as in works. No, the enemy will come and take your hope so you no longer have a desire to even please the Lord. Let's get real here today. There are moments in your life where the enemy will come and he will begin to attack your hope at such a point where you no longer even desire to please him. I know what to do. I will go serve today at church. I'm going to open the doors again. I have to do this youth group. We have no money. We have no budget. I'm tired. I work 30 hours. I'm not speaking to you. I'm just letting you know. (laughs) Pastor's like, what? Be quiet, man. Just kidding. I know he's honoring. I don't want to keep humbling myself in my marriage. I don't want to keep walking in this. What happens? He's getting to your hope that God's going to break through, that God's going to raise up this youth group, that God has you here for a reason, that God has brought mothers and fathers into the young in this church for such a time as this. And he gets you to begin to question. And all of a sudden, you have no desire to please God no more. And what you don't realize is you think it's just you. And you think it's depression. And you think it's this oppression. And maybe you're going crazy. But here's the truth. There's a demonic spirit that is in operation to get you to stop the continuization of what God is doing in your life. But look to your neighbor and tell him, don't give up. It's not time. Keep going. Come on, don't be that northern. Look to your neighbor and tell them, don't stop. Keep going. He comes to kill your hope, your faith, your desire to please God. And let me tell you some of the methods, because I've been in it. I may look really young, and I am young, but I've been through a lot of different things. And let me tell you some of the ways he comes with these messengers. He comes through lies. He begins to lie, and he doesn't care if it's in the church. He loves lying in church. It's his favorite thing to do because the house divided can't stand. Ten Strike, know this this morning. A youth group divided can't stand. An elder board divided can't stand. A marriage divided can't stand. The parking team, divided, can't stand. A cafe team, a production team, come on. He comes and he begins to lie. Pastor doesn't care. He doesn't see all I've been doing. I'm tired. How come I can't preach? He comes with accusations. That person looks at you weird every time you come to church. They don't ever invite me to coffee. I'm here taking care of my cat. Losing my brain. And I can't get a sister to call me for some coffee. And then you posted it on Facebook. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody here? Or is it, somebody's like, I'm not owning that. That's a trick question, Pastor. Meet us for counseling after. That's the scariest moment. In the office? Yes. No. I'm feeling called to Bemidji. (laughs) Lord, we're getting real. Here we go. Let's keep going. 
He comes to bring discord. He begins to discord. This is what he begins to do. He begins to blame. Can I get a tissue from somebody? He begins to blame. He begins to gossip. Somebody gossip about that for a second while I blow my nose. That's part of the anointing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's the trick. When I got to blow my nose, God's doing something. I could have been very Pentecostal and did that, but I didn't. All right. He comes to gossip. And you know, gossip just starts so little. It's It's just entertaining someone talking. Sometimes you don't feel like you're gossiping because you're not saying anything. But saying nothing is saying something. Church, don't do it. This is how he begins to come in and he begins to get you to lose hope. And this is how he sends messengers to get you to just say, I don't even care about this stuff anymore. And here's the last thing he does is he puts a timeline on it. Notice that Jezebel said, if you're not dead by this time tomorrow, this is how he really gets to your hope. Man, I've been here for five years and I ain't seen the move of the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe he's not moving in you, but you need to ask him. It's been a year. I've been serving faithfully. If I don't move and do something now, my fire's going to burn out. Who said that? Jesus waited 33 years, 30 years. That's not even biblical. We die and he raises us up. You can be sent or you can promote yourself. And in the word of God, this is what happens. The enemy comes and puts a timeline. If you don't move now, if you don't make a cut, if you don't go get that better job, if you don't go do a better youth position, God sometimes is not looking to develop gifts but character. Come on, somebody. Because it doesn't matter how good you are, what you're doing. If you don't have the character and the roots going down, you're just going to flop anyways, and you're going to take more people down with you. And Satan will say, if you don't make a change by this time tomorrow, you may miss your calling. And guess what he does? Satan pushes, but God leads. Let me keep going. Let's see what happens next. Watch this. First Kings 19, 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked for himself to die. We're about to get real here. And he asked for himself to die and said, enough. How many of you said that? Don't say it. Don't raise your hand. But you've had a moment where you're like, enough. Maybe you said it like this. I'm sick and tired of this. I can't stand people. I'm a pastor and I've been at church sometimes and I've been in these seasons and I'm like, I do not like anybody in this room. I'm going to go pass. I'm going to go preach, but I don't like any of you. Some of the older Christians are like, wow, he just set me free. It's normal. Yeah. It hurts. 
And guess what he says? He says, enough now, Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. Then he laid down and fell asleep under a broom tree. Number two, you need to know that spiritual warfare and this Jezebel and the moment where you're called to continue, he comes, but guess what? He needs you to agree with the lie now. It's not just hearing. He's got to send the messengers, but then he needs you to agree. He needs you to agree. The enemy declared that he would die, right? And listen what happened in one day's journey. In one day's journey, listen what happened. This is spiritual warfare. This is Elijah, guys. He just called down fire and cut some throats. This is the Bible, kids. I'm telling you, it's the Bible. I know it's tough. Sorry, pastor. That may have been rough. I'm sorry. (laughs) He did. He cut him with the sword. I'm sorry. That's what happened. I could have been a little bit sensitive to that. But he just did all of this. And now, guess what? In one day from when he heard the lie, guess what? Why is it he didn't say, God, I think I'm just done? He didn't say, God, I think I'm going to quit the ministry and I'm going to go into sales. I just feel a calling and anointing to, to raise up business leaders. He didn't do that. Guess what he said? He said, God, I'm ready to die. Do you see what happened in one day? He went from miracles to agreeing with a lie and no longer even feeling like he wanted to live. But who just prophesied that to him the day before? Satan. He did. He just sat there and did that. And he begins to agree with the spirit of Jezebel. He begins to agree with Satan. Forget Jezebel. It's the spirit of the enemy. He begins to agree with it. And guess what? He begins to ask. You got to write this down. He begins to ask the God of life to bring death on him. And let me tell you where perversion is very clear. This is the perfect view of perversion. Because listen, this is an important note. I want you to write. I wrote it in highlighted in red. Only Satan kills his own servants. Elijah is so in such a battle right now that he's literally asking God to take him away. Why would God do that? Why didn't he ask God to give him life? Because he came into agreement with a demonic spirit that was not just after Elijah. He was after what was getting ready to happen. And let me tell you, church, today, the enemy is not just after you. He's after something that's getting ready to happen in this area, something that's getting ready to happen to your children. There's some moms here. You need to know, don't quit. You need to know that your purpose is valuable for your children. I don't know who's in this room, but there's some mothers here. You need to know God has something not only for you, but he has something for your children. And don't you think sitting home and raising no kids mean nothing. It means something to God. Don't come in agreement. God is not going to kill you. God is going to heal you. God is not going to take you out. He's going to raise you up. God is not going to put death on you. God is going to bring life on you. He is the God of resurrection. He is the God of life. And he'll come into your dry bones. And he'll begin to rattle something in you. And say, rise up, my love. Rise up, oh daughter of mine. He is faithful to you even till the end of age. He's faithful to you. 
So how does this look? We see there is fruit. And I want you to take every shame off of this place. Me and my brother were praying this morning. And I began to just pray that the shame would be broken off of this attack. I have been in this attack multiple times and didn't even realize it. How this depression comes is it starts by being tired. Thanks for sharing that. You were right on. It comes by being tired. This thing that we call Sabbath and rest, we begin to neglect. And he comes. You were right on, buddy. No, you didn't know. You were wondering. I felt it. But you were right on. This is what it begins to look like. You need to know this. Remember, pastors let me loose. I'm going. (laughs) It says that Elijah fell asleep. He fell asleep with the last thing saying, God, I want to die. Exhaustion. Jezebel will wear you out. Satan will wear you out to get to you when you're most vulnerable. If you've been exhausted and tired, let me tell you something that God is even telling me. Seize from work. The way you defeat Satan is doing nothing. God is moving in your stillness. When we seize, God rises. And here Elijah is saying, God, kill me. And it may not be that extreme for you, but it may be this way. God, I'm done doing youth ministry, children ministry. Take me out. I'm tired. Don't they know that I have my own kids? Don't they know I have my own life, my wife's health? I'm tired, just take me out, Lord. You see, it comes in this depletedness, and it begins to happen, and it begins to come into this dark strength. And guess what else he begins to deal with? He also begins to deal with a depression. It's okay to talk about this stuff, guys. You got pastors here. You have leaders here that will talk to you, right? They'll talk to you. But it's a warfare. I've had times as a pastor where I was feeling the spirit of depression so strong that I just did not want to live. And it wasn't that I was this sad person. It was that I was under such an attack and I needed to go talk to some pastors for myself and let God begin to speak to me. I'm going to rip the haze off. I got three pastors in my life and two advisors. Let me tell you, if you don't have a father and a mother or a mentor, you're missing out. And it's not about age. It's about them being willing to speak the truth to you. And it will save you and it will keep your life. God designed us to have people in our life. And I go to them when I'm sad and I'm crying and I'm desperate and I'm depressed. You have to have someone. And you got to break the shame. He will do what he did to Elijah. And you'll be alone. You'll be under a tree wanting to not live, not feeling a purpose, and going to sleep because you're so exhausted. But here's good news. If you're in that place, you're about to be recommissioned. You're about to come out of those grave clothes. God sent us here to tell you today, you're about to be reassigned. He's about to free. Are you excited? This isn't all sad. I'm about to get you some breakthrough. You ready? I got one. That's all I need. 
I'm from the South. Here we go. <laughs> so he begins to do that. And then the last thing, and then we're going to move on to how you overcome this thing. Amen. The last thing that we see that happens when he's being attacked under the depression and exhaustion is he also goes into judgment. This, my friend, destroys people's walk every month. I see it at church, unfortunately. I see people leave the church over and over again, and as they don't see that they're falling into the patterns, and they're not willing to submit, they're not willing to learn and believe the best that there's people that want to help them grow. And so they continue the cycle, and it happens. And how do I know that? Because listen when he says, he says, now, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. Ooh. Why you got to bring the dads in this? He could have just died, right? He done brought daddy and dad into it. That's messed up. He said, I'm no better than my dads. Guess what? He already has a judgment on them, and he's judging himself with them. You know when the enemy's attacking is when there's a comparison judgment that begins to happen. You begin to look at other churches, other ministries, other marriages, other families, other mothers. Let me talk to the mothers in the house. I don't know who's here. There's some baby mamas up in here. They're supposed to make you laugh. There's some mothers in the house. Somebody's like, wait a second. Like, what does that mean? You're getting to compare. Am I doing enough? Am I homeschooling enough? Am I kids learning enough? Am I doing enough life? Man, this person's got it going on. They look so happy in their pictures. They always got these cool crafts for their kids. Any homeschool moms in the house? Who am I talking to here? Nobody? Okay, thank you, God. I'm not missing it. There's just one. Unfortunately, they're all going to look at you. She's okay. Don't worry. Maybe for somebody online. Right? You begin to compare and you begin to do it, and that comparison only leaves you more exhausted and more hopeless, begins to lose your faith. You begin to disengage and you begin to isolate. And guess when the enemy comes? In that moment. Are you guys getting something out of this? We look at Jesus. He was fasting in the wilderness, and it wasn't until day 40, a time of depletion and complete body exhaustion. We know at that moment when he had no food and nourishment, guess what happened? Satan came to Jesus, and he began to tempt him in that moment. Why? Because he knew that Jesus did not have the food. He didn't have the natural and the physical strength. He had the mental fortitude there. So he comes when he felt Jesus was most vulnerable. This is why exhaustion is actually taking more Christians out than you realize. Rest. He's pushing people. You know, I said an illustration like this one time. Who do I got? You come up here. I keep pointing at you, bud. Come on. And I just got to keep going. Is it okay I keep going? I got, I'm almost at the end. Come on. Well, actually, I'm, I'm almost kind of at the end. <laughs> Let me not lie. I'm not. Okay. How many of you have ever seen football? This is for somebody. This is why I know I'm supposed to do this. But have you ever played football in your life? Right? And when you're a little guy like me and I was playing with all the big guys, I used to run as fast as I could. Right? But guess what? I would be holding on to them looking crazy. Like little giants. I'm just like, get over here. And they're just like, hoo, 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 hoo. You know? And I'm just like, no. And then I learned, grab the feet. You know what I mean? And then you get hit one time. You're like, no, that's not good either. Just let them go. Let them go. Right? But one day I learned something. I learned, come run this way. 
run past me. Like, you're, just don't really run. But act like you're running this way. Watch out for the cords, right? I learned when they got low, come here, come back again. Come back, you're too fast. Get low like that. You know how you duck down to hit somebody? Go low. I learned, come on, if I just push down. Thank you. You can go. I learned if I just push down that it was really easy for them to fall because they already had the momentum. And if I used their own momentum against them, I barely had to do anything. This is Satan. He doesn't care how fast you run for God. He'll get behind you if he can't stop you. Let me talk to my young ministers here. He loves a very zealous young minister in the making because you're worried about being slowed down. And so he doesn't care. He gets and he pushes people out of the way because he just wants to get behind you. If we're not careful, my friends, in this moment of life where we're tired and we're exhausted, if you don't stop, someone say, seize. And you don't stop, he'll get behind you. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? What a great message. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I have a friend who's like, I'm preaching good. Thank you, Lord. Good job, Pastor Vero. Good job. He's funny. All right, let's go into some answers. You ready for this? Let's get into this. You ready? I hope you wrote notes on that so you can identify. That was the whole purpose. Now let's go into victory. Amen. Kings 5, he's coming out, and listen what happens uh, in 1 Kings 19, 4, 5. He says, but behold, there was an angel touching him. This is after he fell asleep, and he said to him, arise, eat. How many of you would like to go to sleep in the biggest depression of your life and wake up and God says, hey, you need to eat some Burger King? Some Perkins. Yes, Lord. I shouldn't talk about Perkins. Y'all are hungry. Okay. I'm not letting you loose yet. He says, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a head of round loaf of bread baked on hot coals and a pitcher of water. So he ate and drank and he laid down again. Holy moly. You mean he's going to go through all this warfare and guess what the angel does? He feeds him, gives him water and says, go back to sleep, baby. See, some of our theology is getting messed up here because we think God would say, get up and rise and go. No, he says, you need to eat, dog. You need to go to sleep. You're tired. Look to your neighbor and say, you're tired. I can see it under your eyes. I'm like, yeah, you feel it. And you're like, yes, Lord. You're going to go home. Just tell your husband, remember what he said. You got the kids. I'm going to sleep. Remember the tissue. Now, isn't it amazing? Then guess what? It says that he gets up again. So he ate, drank, went down, but the angel of the Lord came back a second time. Someone say a second time. And he touched him again. And guess what he did again? He said, arise, eat. Wow. 
See, this is what happens. We disconnect the practical with the spiritual. We don't realize how important it is. It's not only having a spiritual fervor. It's also understanding that you are a human and you have a body and you have this thing that can get you exhausted and the enemy knows that. And he wants you to be wore out. So you quit. Now, let me tell you why. Let's keep the mission, the the purpose today. Why does he want to wear you out? So you don't continue to the finish line of what God is doing. And Elijah, it was not just about him. God was already getting ready to raise somebody up in his place. And he had no idea that God had something for him to finish. Look to your neighbor and say, you got something to finish this morning. You need to sleep and eat some bread. We have people come in our church all the time tired. I said, rest, close your eyes, go to sleep. I don't care because I know what it feels like. Let's keep going. I'll be getting something out of this. He said, you have your journey is too long for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he journeyed in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God. Let me tell you this. Some of you right now need the bread and the water of God. It's the only thing that's going to get you to the next place, which is the mountain where God wants to speak to you and commission your life. You're exhausted, you're tired, you're feeling an emptiness, you're feeling a depression. I'm not speaking that, I'm just saying if it connects with you. You're feeling done, but God is saying you need the bread. Someone say the bread. You need the water, and it will sustain you. Today, God brought me here to give you bread and water. Because in the next 40 days, God is calling not only you, but even us, when we go back to Georgia, to do something great. God is going to do something in the next 40 days in this church. And it's going to be off the bread and the water of God. And guess what? In those 40 days, God is going to speak to this church. I believe, I'm going to save it for the end, but I believe he's calling us to something great. And so guess what he did? He goes to the mountain of God. So he got that. He found strength in the bread and rest and water. You need to write that down. I'm coming out of this warfare by the bread, the water, and the rest of God. You need all three of them. Number two, it says in verse 18, 9, 19 verse 9, then he came there to a cave and spent the night there and behold, the word of the Lord, which is an angel, wasn't the Lord at this time. The word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here? Anybody woke up in a place you don't even know how you got there? Why am I so down? Why do I feel so depressed? Why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel like I'm losing purpose? Why do I feel like everything's dead? Why do I feel like I'm just done? Why do I am I exploring a million careers to try to fill me? What happened? And here the angel of the Lord says, Elijah, what are you doing in this cave? Someone needs to know here today, if you're in a cave right now, God will find you in the cave. He found Elijah. And God told me to tell someone here today that he is the God of the cave. He knows where every cave you're in. And you know what he's asking you today? What are you doing here? 
Mom, I don't know who, what moms I'm talking to. Moms, why are you sad? Husbands, why are you tired so much? Volunteers, why are you losing passion? What are you doing here? And guess what happens? You would think that he would come out of the cave, but guess what? He didn't. He didn't come out of the cave. He sat there and he asked him what he was doing there. And Elijah did not answer the question. Guess what he did? He went and reasoned why he was in that cave. And listen what happens. He says in verse 10, and he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord. Wow. Imagine this conversation with an angel. I've been very zealous for the Lord in that nursery with my children every day, homeschooling, waking up, being exhausted. I've been faithful. I've been praying for my kids for 17 years and they're still fighting addictions. Their father walked out. I've been doing this alone. I've been faithfully standing, God. I've been pastoring this church and I'm still tired, Lord. I don't know what to do. I've been praying for your Holy Spirit to come. I've been fasting, but Lord, I've been faithful to you. The God of armies, but the sons of Israel have abandoned your covenant. What was he saying? There have been people who were supposed to be standing with me and they're not standing with me. They're not serving. They signed up to volunteer on my team and they don't even show up. What kind of mess is that? Right when I thought things were building up, the enemy came and knocked it down. And now I'm here alone. He says, they've torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone, alone am left. And they seek to take my life. I'm telling you, that's a real feeling. When you feel like you're alone and you feel like the enemy is about to take you out too. Like I see, if you're at this place, let me tell you, this is not a condemnation. I'm taking all the blankets of shame off today and I'll use myself as an example. When you're at the place where you feel like you're alone and your life's about to be taken out as well, you're in a real place of battle. That means when you're at the place of questioning your purpose and life and meaning and what I'm even supposed to do and my value, and you're saying, God, they're seeking to take my life too. Let me tell you, that's a hard place to be. It's very hard. But aren't you glad that God sent an angel right into that cave? Come on, look to your neighbor right now. Put your hand on their shoulder and said, God is coming to your cave today. God sees where you've been. God sees the questions you have. He sees the people that's abandoned you. He's seen the people that left your ministry he's seeing the mothers that are tired and God is coming to you today to give you bread to give you life and he's saying come out of the cave come on 10 strike if this is for you don't be afraid to praise the Lord he's saying come out Come out of the cave. You weren't destined for isolation. You weren't destined to die alone in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit of death over your life. And I'm not talking physical death. I'm talking a spiritual death that you don't love the Lord no more. That you don't want to see people saved no more. You're just tired of everything. (laughs) 
I said, spirit, and I rebuke it because God sent me here to bring his anointing to break the yokes of death off this church and off the leadership and off the volunteers and anybody who's affected by this because God is doing something in your life and he's telling you, continue, you're not done. You're not done. Look to your neighbor, put your hand and prophesy so you're not done in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, stir your faith up, church. We're almost at the end. Stir your faith. Lay your hands and say, you're not done in Jesus' name. You're not done. We're almost there. He goes on and he tells them all these things. He calls him out of his reasoning. This is how you overcome bread, water, rest, calling you out of reason. It's going to be hard because there's facts. People have left me. People aren't serving no more. People have abandoned me. I'm alone. There's the facts are all going to be there, baby. Faith doesn't deny facts. It changes it. Here he comes. He says, what are you doing? He calls him out and he tells him again. And guess what? Elijah doesn't get up at all. He doesn't get up at all. Guess what he does? He turns around and he tells the angel the same thing again. What are you doing here? He goes on the whole list again. You didn't hear me? Let me remind you. Nobody's here. I'm tired. You hear my baby? That's what I'm talking about. I'm tired. And so guess what happens? The Bible said, the Lord, this is now, this is God, Yahweh. He comes in this moment. It says that the Lord was passing by and a wind tore up the mountain, the earthquakes and happened and fire, but the Lord was not in those. Guess what? None of those things. Oh Lord, let me just preach this for a minute. None of those things made Elijah move. You ever been at a place? 10 salvations doesn't make you move anymore. Can we get real? Five youth group worshiping doesn't, not a big deal anymore. Holy Spirit moved. It was good. Elijah was not even moved by any manifestations happening. He just sat there. Can you imagine? Earthquakes. You would think, gosh, I better get out of here and hide. I'm going to die. He didn't care. Oh, well. Didn't even move. You been at that place, any? Things don't move you as much anymore. You lose your sensitivity. But let me tell you something. He's not moved by any of that, nothing. But guess what happens? The Bible says that he heard a gentle whisper and Elijah stood up. And he went to the entrance of the cave. Let me tell you, people. It's not miracles. It's not the new job. It's not preaching more. It's not serving more. It's not being on posters. It's not making more money. Let me tell you, the only thing that's going to get you out of the cave is the voice of God. It's the whisper of Jesus coming to you. And he called. And he heard. And 
it made him rise up. Let me tell you, God's trying to whisper to someone here today. He's trying to rise you up. It's only the whisper of God that will bring you out of the cave. It's the whisper. He didn't even try to respond, but he rose up. You don't need a loud Hispanic voice. You just need the whisper of God going right to the heart saying, I love you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, there is my beloved. That's the one I fell in love with. That's the one that I've been breaking for. And I thought it was ministry, and I thought it was the abandonment, and I thought it was because everybody left. But really what was happening is my heart was yearning for love from my beloved. And he whispers, and the Bible said that in that moment it changed everything. It took someone who was no longer moved by the church, someone whose heart was so cold he wasn't moved by miracles anymore, someone who was not moved by youth group doing good, someone that was burned out, someone that was tired and disappointed, someone that was depressed, someone that was ready to commit suicide. And he took that person and he changed them by a whisper. Because when he breathes, it brings life. And he took the dry bones of Elijah. And when it went inside of his body, Elijah rose up. I'm telling you here today, God is speaking to you. And he's saying, rise up. My beloved, I love you. Rise up. Come out of the cave. Rise up. Rise up, church. Rise up, young man. I don't know your name. Rise up, man of God. God is speaking to you today. Rise up. Rise up. I just rebuke death. I rebuke chains. I rebuke heaviness off of this man. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Stand up. Everybody extend your hands. Stand up. Don't worry about nobody. Don't worry about nobody. You've been crying out for God. Raise your hands. You've been praying. You've been asking God to save you. God is here today for you, young man. He's here for you, horseman. In the mighty name of Jesus, he's not done with you. You are a horseman. You're about to take a a baton. You're about to take a throne. God has something great for you, mighty man of God. And I just rebuke off everything that's holding your feet down. In the mighty name of Jesus. Fire on him in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray with you at the end. I'm almost there. I'm bringing it in, Pastor. He was in this dark place, and a voice came. Except this time it was Yahweh. And he came with a voice, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And guess what? Elijah tells him everything. The people have forsaken you. They've thrown down altars, killed your prophets, and I am only left. He's in all his reason. He said, take my, take it away. They seek my life to take it away. I'm bringing it into an end. You got to listen. This is important. 
You would think in that moment that God would take time to console Elijah's pain. Right? What a great counseling moment. Man, Elijah, I'm so sorry. You have been faithful. That would feel really good right now. But let me tell you something. Did you know in the scriptures, God didn't even acknowledge what he just said? Some of you have been crying out to God and you feel like he's not even acknowledging it. That's a good thing. God doesn't remind, he doesn't talk about his confessions. He doesn't talk about his complaints. It was not, he didn't care. He didn't talk about any of it. Because you know, I don't know why God doesn't talk about things that aren't going to last or win. And some of you need to know today, you're not being ignored. God's just ignoring the enemy you're entertaining. And he's waiting to give you directions today. Now that you've gotten it out, some of you have been in this, this season and you're out of it. You've let it all go. You've been there. You're at this end. And here's the moment for you. And this is what happens. It said, and the Lord said to him, after all his complaints, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king over Syria and Jehu, the son of Nimshi. You shall anoint him to be king over Israel and Elijah. Someone say Elijah. Keep talking about it. Hey, I can't help it. God is, I made a joke and God ended up hitting me really hard up here. I got a collection. I'm sorry. He said, and Elijah, the son of Shaphat of Abel, you sh and Mahola, is that how you say it? <laughs> you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. Here's the moment. We're bringing it in. You're going to tell me that Elijah is going to break and say all these things, and God brings him all the way to the mountain, gives him food and water for this moment. And guess what he said? He said, I'm not even going to talk about all the stuff you just talked about. <laughs> he says, listen, there's three people I need you to pass on what you have. You mean you're not going to talk about my depression? Nope. I already fed you food. You mean you're not going to talk about how sad anybody who left me? Nope. There's a king I need you to go anoint. What? What do you mean? Yeah, you're not done. But guess what? Elijah had no idea that there was an Elijah that was getting ready to take his place. Jezebel stops the batons passing. Ten strike. This region God gave me a word for you. You're in this season. He told me that there is a change. And I submit this to your leaders. And if it's often that totally, please take it and take it as you need to. But I felt like the Lord began to speak to me and tell me that there was a change. I kept hearing change, 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 change. And I'm like, Lord, do you got some change for me? Because I need it change, change. And I kept ignoring it. And I kept hearing change, change. 
And God told me that he has a plan for you, a bigger plan for 10 strike than you realize. I heard him say, this is going to be a launching pad. It's what he intended it to be. I saw a launching pad. He said, it will be a place of change. He said, exponential growth is going to happen. Exponential. He said, but there is a shift in the guards. He said, an Elijah generation is getting ready to come forth. So while you had the youth group up here just doing a cute youth group service, what you didn't realize is it was prophetic that God is raising up an Elijah generation. And it's time for the Elijahs to get up and finish the race. It's time for the Elijahs to quit giving up and get back in the game and start mentoring and pouring into them because you're not done. There are some kings to raise up in this house and it's going to shift everything in this church. You are not done. You need to come out of the cave. It's not time to retire and end until you have passed something on. This is a choice. And you can see this church fall away and dwindle out. Or you can rise up to the occasion and come out of the cave and begin to pass what God has given you, Elijah's. And begin to mentor some people and begin to pour into them. Because God is raising up Elijah's right now for this hour. And he's anointed you to do it. The worshipers, whoever you are, if you're all the worshipers, aren't you? You worship? Keep doing it. You are called to do what you're doing. But this is key. The Lord said to the twice, this will not be an accident. This will be through earnest prayer. I'm submitting this to the leaders. A time of fasting and an outpouring of God's spirit. I hear the Lord saying, come to me, all who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, and you shall be filled. He says, for out of you will come water. It will be a sign and a wonder like the water that comes from the cactus in the desert. So shall you bring forth water in a desert land like ten strike. There will be water, and it will be a sign and a wonder. He said, God's not looking to raise up more things that look beautiful. God likes raising things out of ashes. God wants this to be a place where he gets glory. He does, but it's a new place. God's doing a change. I'm not dishonoring what's been. I mean, you know, God continues. But he's going to raise this place up to be such a soaking well. His Holy Spirit is going to move. He said it will be a sign and a wonder like the, the water that comes from the cactus in the desert. So shall be the water springs that comes from this region in this place right here. Ten strength. I sensed an invitation by the Lord in my prayer time last week for you guys. Two weeks ago, as I was praying. Y'all messed me up, kept me up all night. 
like, golly, I need to sleep. I was up all night, middle of the night. God had you in mind. And he said, this is an invitation by the Lord in my prayer time, an invitation for hunger to explode, but it will not be an accident. It's the second time. You know what that means, church? It's not an accident. It's not going to just be like, oh, revival broke out, a 10 strike. You're not in that category. I'm sorry. You're not going to go viral. And this is what happens here. He says, it will not be an accident, but by your works and faith. You don't wait to drink water when you're dehydrated. You drink so you don't become dehydrated. So the Lord said, it will be intentional eating, intentional drinking, intentional resting, prayer, fasting, and Elijah's in here. Raising up Elijah's. You're going to see something mighty. The last thing I got, and I'd like to just close out with prayer. Are we okay on time to do that, sir? Okay. Maybe if there's a cool piano player here, if that's okay, the pastor will just flow for a minute and I'm going to close the book. Any piano players? No? Guitar. Yeah, thank you. I'll pray and then I'll pass it to pastor to close. Um, this is the last thing I heard. He said, there is a young generation here that God is calling. And he says, you're a hungry generation. And I, and I saw um, Gideon and he said, believe what God says about you. You're a mighty warrior of valor. Hungry gen. This is what I heard. A hungry generation. And literally multiple times, I don't really know these people at all. I know them in relationship, but I don't know them personally. And these two guys have come into my face. Can you stand up for a second? Yeah, you too. Yeah. Pastor, prayer guy. Don't worry, church. I asked pastor if this was okay. I I'm, I'm, just want you to know that. Um, but I kept hearing hungry generation. The Lord showed me, you guys are a part of something that has to do with hunger. Hunger. Ooh. Hunger is a strange thing. Because hunger is exciting, but it's also exhausting. Hunger is, gets you excited for food, but when you don't get food, you actually start to go down. And the Lord wants you, what's your name again? Peter, Peter, the Lord says, don't let your hunger discourage you because you're part of raising up a hungry generation right here. God's not done with you in this church. I don't know your story. I don't know your life, but the Lord wants you to know you're a part of something creating a hungry generation in this church, both of you. Hungry gen is what I heard. Hungry gen. So I'm going to release that over you if that's okay. But Lord, I just thank you. In the mind. Has anybody got anointing oil here by any chance? Oh, pastor, that is a pastor. Give it up for your pastor. It's in the pocket. He says he's got a strap, five different scents. Y'all come up. I just encourage you to pray in your own moment. Yeah, just close your eyes. Come turn this way toward me. Thank you. Thank you in the name of Jesus hungry in the name of Jesus. Thank you. 
the name of Jesus, I declare over Peter. I break all discouragement and disappointment in the name of Jesus. Your hunger is driving you crazy. But God wants you to know he is about to bring a path for your hunger. God is getting ready to open up something for you that, you've, that you never even thought you would do. And he's going to open that door and it's going to involve just great hunger. The generation being hungry, hungry for God, hungry for him. You're like, David, my soul is panting. My soul is panting. You're so thirsty, Peter. You're so thirsty. Two months ago, I saw you and the Lord showed me that you're searching. This is before I even knew I was going to preach here. I saw you in my spirit and the Lord said, Peter is searching. It's like he's searching for a purpose. And I hear the Lord two months ago. I wasn't even talking to Bob. He, he just showed me you. Actually, we were praying. I said, I see. What's his name? What's his name? Peter. I was like, Peter. I don't know why. He's searching for purpose. God's been watching you, Peter. And he's been seeing your hunger. And he's proud of you. He's, you're a David. <laughs> you're a David. And he says, and you will also be my friend. You will be a man after my heart. So he says, come away with me, Peter. <laughs> Do you wish to walk on water? <laughs> he says, then step out of the boat. I will catch you. I don't know what's happening, but you're, there's something shifting in your life. You're about to step into something. I don't know if God's going to open up a door. I don't know if it's him. You're going to step into something you've never stepped into. You're going to have a Peter moment. And you're going to have to step out of faith in it. And it's going to be because you're after his heart. Release it, Jesus' name. Release it. And Lord, I thank you for his wife, Lord God, who is also one. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God gave you the perfect wife. <laughs> he says that you, your patience is a covering for him. And whether you believe it or not, your patience has kept him. Because in your soft responses, you have kept him encouraged. If you would have blowed up and been angry when he's been upset or when he's gone through things, and I have too, you don't want to hear my stories. Ooh. It's kept him. So you need to know that even though you may not feel like you're saying a lot or doing a lot, just know that you just being there for him has done everything. God is raising you up together. It is not an accident that you have patience. It is not an accident that you've been a safety for him. He needs that. And God's doing a great thing in this man. You're going to be blown away. You're going to say, dang, I got me a King David. Hallelujah. Because he's raising him up to be a king. In the name of Jesus. Today, I just anoint you as a king. You're, oh, come on now. 
I didn't try to do that. You didn't realize that? He sent Elijah to anoint three kings. Here's one of your kings in the house. You're one of the kings in Jesus' name. Can we just keep praying? Just keep praying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you. Just be hungry for him. Just, just worship him. Holy is the Lord. Come on, you can sing it. River echo, holy is the Lord. God can help us. Come on, just be hungry for him. Come on, let your moan come out. Come on, let it out. Come on, you're coming out of that depression. Sing it now. Come on. Come on, keep singing that O again. Sing it loud. Get that out. You don't believe it, just start singing. The anointing is here. It's about to break yokes. You don't need me to lay hands. God's breaking yokes. Come on. Come on out of that cave. Come on, stand up, whoever that is. Stand up. Lift your hands and begin to sing it. Come on, let the moan come out of your heart. Come on, sing it. to pray for that. Is that you the one in the back who is the mom? Is that you? Is that your husband? Come on, husband and wife, come up here. Let's just sing over them. singing over this couple. I want you to just open your hands. He's singing this over you. Sing it over them, church. The Lord is singing over you. Come on, church, sing it over them.
on louder, church. Come on louder. This is for you guys. Come on, church, louder. We can do better than that. Come on. Church louder, 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 come on. Come on, church louder. said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't be afraid to yield everything to me and just to say, Lord, 
in every part and every aspect of my life. I want to lay it down before you. I lay myself down, I surrender all, and I give it to you today. Yes, and then his rest will be so abundant. It'll come forth that rest. That rest. That Sabbath rest. That's continual. Continual. And it will bring you right through. It'll carry you right through to the end of the race. Yes, Lord, we thank you for those mentors and those being mentored in this day and this hour. A new call for that this day. In Jesus' name, to those who will answer that and give themselves to that. When we just give you thanks for it, Lord. Just a few things here as we close too. Remember, we want to we give opportunity here for giving to Emmanuel and the ministry that he's involved with. Just do that by placing your gift in an envelope, putting it in the box, and we'll get that to him. Then also remember the meal, fellowship. Let's fellowship together. And anyone that would like to stay here now, too, for prayer, you know, if you want to just wait in the Lord's presence, be free to stay here. But those that need to go for various reasons, we'll release you now and to get children and such, too. But just stay in His presence here. The presence of the Lord is so tangible. He's here with us. Emmanuel. God with us. He's with us. Hallelujah. So let's just be free to go, but be free to stay. And Emmanuel, be free to continue too if you have more there. I just want to thank the pastor. Can we thank him for allowing me to even be here? And my brother, uh, we honor you. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll just close with this moment, and then I'll be down here more than happy to, to pray for anybody. Um, I really believe tonight God is going to continue. Uh, I feel like he told me that at the reach, there was going to be um, an anointing service where we were going to anoint Elijah's, and Elijah's to transfer. And if you believe, I'm not promoting, I'm not recruiting, I'm just, I'm only asking you to be moved if the Lord moves you. Um, but I encourage you, if you sense that, to, to continue with us. We'll be there tonight at 530, and we're just believing for an outpouring and a, and a releasing of that to continue there. If not, please keep it in prayer. But I want to say I honor you guys, and I love you, and I hope you were encouraged this morning. I hope you left with life. And I'm here. I'm so excited to pray with you. If you'd like to, you can. Thank you, sir. Amen.
that's a message I'm going to listen to again. And I would encourage you to also. Uh, you can get it online, audio or video. And if for those of you that aren't here today that you know, I'll forward it to them and ask them to watch it, listen to it. We need to hear this together as a church. Confirming, very confirming. I can't tell you how confirming it is. I mean, I can. I can say that. Hallelujah. So you got my bottle of oil there? I got the cap. I got to have the oil. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you for being with us. And also Christian for coming too. Hallelujah. You can keep playing a while. Thanks, Abby. That's so good. <laughs> 